It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio. This is the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How are you doing, Phil? I am doing very well. I have uh, our new kitten, Sadie, who is insisting on lying on the keyboard. Oh, so lovely. you may hear some odd noises, but that's because of her. Of course. We always like odd noises. That's what we're all about on this show. <laughs> and please send your comments and questions or your odd noises to at Song Talk Radio on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or feedback at songtalk.ca, and we'll share your thoughts on the show. And please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode, to find links to resources we mention, and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs that we feature. And to, before we get to tonight's guest, uh, just a small announcement, uh, a guest uh, that we had, um, a band that we had on the show a few weeks back, a Canadian Roots Rock Americana band, Bywater Call, have just received two nominations for the 2023 Maple Blues Awards in uh, categories Entertainer of the Year and Female Vocalist of the Year for uh, lead singer Megan Parnell um, for their recently released sophomore album, Remain. So congratulations to Bywater call just another example of coming on song talk radio and next thing you know great things are happening that's true i mean it's a song talk bump it's uh it's yeah. scientifically proven it's proven <laughs> we have the data we have the data we have some data we have some kind of data all right. And um and uh, given that this is our uh, this is our last show of the of 2022, isn't it, Phil? Yes, that's right. Another year online. Another year online. On Zoom. Yes. Zooming and you just zoomed by, didn't it? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and and of course in 2023, looking forward to the new year, we're gonna be launching into our next songwriting challenge. And of course, if you've been keeping up on the podcast the last few weeks, our next songwriting challenge is going to be uh, writing a song from a different mode or or a mode that you're not uh, familiar with or that you're that's kind of unusual for you. I think that's the yeah, and I think that's the the point is is to write a mode that you don't normally write in. Mm -hmm. With the challenges, the idea is that you stretch yourself and you do things like you may not wind up with the best song ever. But in the process, you'll learn a lot of stuff. And that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To get yourself out of your comfort zone. I know for me, I do a lot of what they call uh, modal interchange, where you, you're you in a particular major minor scale and you just flip one of the major minor chords to the opposite to the major mm. or, or to the minor or major. And, 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 and that is kind of playing with modes. But for me, it's going to be like deliberately writing in a mode as opposed to just doing it you know, on the fly and, and, yeah. and actually sticking to one, one scale. I think that's going to be the, the challenge for me is, is, is sticking to one particular mode instead of bouncing all over the place like I usually do. <laughs> I'm looking forward to actually getting to the point where I can actually work with modes and sort of understand what I'm doing as opposed to just writing uh, some music that I like, but actually understanding modes because I understand them in concept, mm -hmm. but I've never understood them in practice, even though I'm sure I've used them. I just yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what we've been saying on, on the podcast last few weeks is that for sure all of us have done it by accident. But here's here's a chance where we can do it on purpose and see what and see what comes out. Indeed. You know, indeed we do. OK. And uh, tonight we are happy to welcome Canadian artist Amanda Sum. And here's a taste of her new song, Undecided Minds. Mm -hmm. 
on the side of undecided minds. Circles round we go, trying to make a line. One is one too much, losing sense of touch. All you. Artist Amanda Sum has recently released her brand new debut album, New Age Attitudes, and was quickly quickly featured as a pick of the week by Exclaim magazine. Blending musical elements of indie pop, jazz, and alternative folk with incredibly thought-provoking lyrics, Amanda's work has received critical acclaim from major media outlets, including CBC, Exclaim magazine, and the Vancouver Sun. The groundbreaking music video for her recent single, Different From, Above, Different From Before, took the North American music industry by Storm and was screened at the Asian American International Film Festival on top of being selected as a Vimeo staff pick. As an experienced thespian, Amanda has captivated audiences at national festivals, including the TD Vancouver International Jazz Festival and the mainline concert series hosted by Side Door Access and Rogers. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, Amanda Sum. Thanks for having me. <laughs> It seems like you've had a, a, a long, illustrious career out on the West Coast so far. <laughs> you know, do, just doing the best I can. Doing the best you can. <laughs> how long? This is your debut album. So how long mm -hmm. have you been uh, writing songs before before you release this? Um, the songs on this album, the first one um, was written at the end of 2019. Um, and from... I kind of wrote really, really casually from maybe 2018. I didn't, I play, I taught myself how to play guitar when I was in high school and um, kind of just played covers of, of songs that I liked and never really um, got into writing my own music until quite a bit later. Um, and even when I started, I, I didn't like any of the songs that I wrote and all yep. of the, there's probably a bank and a library of a, a bunch of songs that are just gone with the wind. But um, yeah, I kind of started writing songs that I liked in 2018, 19. What, what was yeah. that thing that flipped to make you write songs that you like? Like, what was that? Was there a discovery or was it an attitude? I think it was my, um, and I still have this insecurity of accompaniment, but it was my getting more confident on playing that allowed me to write songs that felt a bit more complex in my brain maybe they're not but I think songs prior to that would be like the same old chords here and there so then they all sounded the same and then they all felt like they were in the same themes and I didn't feel like I was saying anything that I would want anyone else to hear that felt important so yeah I think I think once I kind of gained a bit more confidence um back on piano then, then I started writing songs that I was it really liked. a question of like you you heard stuff in your head and you wanted the song to sound a certain way, but you couldn't get that under your fingers or in your voice or whatever. Not and really, then, to be honest. Yeah. But even now, still, like I, I never 
sit down thinking, oh, I'm going to write a song. It just, if I, if I happen to have a little melody in my head, then I'll sit down and plunk it out. Um, yeah. Do, do, do you take the time to record little snippets in your phone or something like that? Or do you sort of float around with it until you get to a piano? I'll, I'll usually, if I'm out and about, because that, that's sometimes when it'll happen if I, if I'm on a walk. Um, so I'll record a little voice note mm-hmm. of just a tiny little melody line or something. Usually it's a melody line that has a lyric attached to it. And mm-hmm. then, and then I'll finish it at home, but you know, it can go either way too, because sometimes it'll stem from a piano arrangement or a guitar chord structure. And then I'll write on top of that. But mm-hmm. I, I never start like straight from writing lyrics first. Never from lyrics first. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And you write on guitar and piano. Yeah. Gives you a lot of yeah. flexibility with those two instruments. They're because they're, they're different it enough. Does. You know what mm-hmm. they do yeah. naturally is very different. Yeah, and the songs that I write on each, even if the end arrangement, <clears throat> I make say the a, a piano or a keyboard song. If I end up arranging guitar for it, it'll still be different, a different kind of song than the opposite way. If I if I started from guitar and then put a piano in, but just you, like, yeah. You feel, you feel as an instrumentalist, you're more proficient on one or the other, or are they both kind of equal? Um, probably a bit more proficient on, on piano. Mm-hmm. Um, had just more training on that. Guitar was just self-taught and I mm. don't feel, I call myself a guitar player, not a guitarist. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because because I I it functions how I need it, but I'm not. I don't think I'm like a really great guitar guitarist. Most guitar <laughs> players are self-taught. I mean, there's some who are very trained, but I'd say probably I would estimate at least like over half of the guitarists are probably primarily self-taught. So I mean, don't uh, don't beat yourself up too much. You're in you're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, this is true. This is true. Yeah, and especially if you're making records, you just, you know, hire a good session guitarist and they, they can even make the simplest song sound really tasty <laughs> with, yes, with particular true. riffs and licks and, and, and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to start musically complex if, if that's what you're after. Mm-hmm. Of course, so, uh, you know, we all, everyone says that, uh, well, I guess it's true that Stephen Sondheim could only play the black keys. And he wrote all that music with the black keys. Oh, so, really? you know, Stephen Sondheim can do it. Um, I think we can all do it. <laughs> yes. Great, great Fine. motto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, 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 so this album of yours, um, how many tracks on the album? 13. 13 tracks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and you started writing those in 2019. So there's a couple years worth of songs, eh? Yeah. So it, kind of the the very tail end of 2019 and then a lot of the rest all throughout the pandemic Mm -hmm. 2020. Why was it important to you to release an album in a in a world now where everything is pretty much a single? Yeah that's a good question. I think I I had done 
um, my first few singles recording in, mm. um, in 2020. And those were from tinier, tinier little grants that, that just supported, um, three singles. Um, and at that time I was starting to write these other songs. And as I wrote these other songs, I knew that thematically they all kind of live under a certain umbrella mm. that in my head, it like wasn't natural thing to write an album. Um, and yeah, I think I, my, my background, um, tr like in school, I went to for theater, theater mm. performance, and I kind I work in between music and theater now, but that kind of training of making work that like has an, an arc that you can you can tell a story by just switching out the order or the track order mm -hmm. um really intrigues me and really excites me um yeah so I think that's why I wanted to make an album because I also like really prioritize slowness and and not like just churning out material just for the sake of churning out material. Um, Are there um, insights that you feel that you've gotten because of your theatrical training that sort of sort of helped with songwriting? Because a lot of people are just, you know, they just write songs. They don't actually do theater as well. Totally. Yeah, I think the, the theater training that I had really focused on um, experimental devised works. Um, so creating um, perform performance pieces that don't necessarily have um, a narrative or like a script base, um, like a script based narrative. Mm. Um, so in that there, like I was a part of a lot of collaborative works um, and creating them and then seeing a lot of theater works and being in a lot of critique sessions, there's always this question when you're making a new work of why is it important and why is it important now? Which I found that that was like really um, valuable to, to lay the, that practice from theater onto music making where each song I can pinpoint what the thesis of the song is, say, and and then from there, in an album context, say, okay, this is like this is the whole umbrella, and then each one fits into that. And yeah, I think like pr just process based um, collaborative works in theater really allowed me to. Um, structure how I wanted this album to be created, which was mm -hmm. I, a lot of the songs fall under this identity piece of being young or being a woman or being a person of color or all three. Mm -hmm. Intersectionality. Um, and yeah. And then because of that, I really, I wanted it to be that the process of making this album reflected what the album was saying. So I put together an all-female team, had an all-Asian female band play it. Oh, wow. Because it made it, like, I I think that theater training made me think, okay, well, it all reflects into this 
sure there's like a product, but it's like the product isn't the important part. It's like the what isn't as important as the how or the why. Yeah. 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 And then then the process. That's really interesting because like, like I've been writing songs for a long time. Phil has too. Mm. And I don't know if Phil feels this way, but I, I look back on years ago and I tended to not look at the big picture. You're talking about looking at the whole project mm-hmm. as, as, mm-hmm. as 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 an entity and a living breathing thing and and what what are the implications for the smaller parts of that right yeah. um i when i started writing songs i tended to obsess over little details and never and never see the forest for the trees right mm-hmm. um so that, that that's really interesting that you know you, because of your theater background like you, you you seem to get to that very quickly it took me like you know 20 years that's kind of that's kind of it's kind of a great place to be because because you can then apply that even to even on a even on a smaller scale to think about the, con- the conceptual idea of a song mm-hmm. and and what we like to call prosody and how does everything in the song your lyrics your rhymes your melodies your chord choices structure all that sort of stuff how does that point to your big idea of the mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. right did the songs come first or did the idea come first i mean did you have this idea of this concept or this this work that you wanted to get out and then you wrote the songs to support that or were, did you write the songs and then looked at them and went hey this all kind of goes together songs so, kind of songs first and um in 20 in 2019 when i was um arranging for the first time i my, like my dream was that it would be an all Asian female band. Cause that's just like super cool. And, um, yeah. So then that's like been, been a dream of mine. And then, you know, everything and all these life experiences kind of inherently meld into the songs that I end up writing. And then it just like kind of is like piece, but piece together in that way. But, but the songs did, the songs kind of came first, I think. And then yeah. you had a moment where it's like, hey, I could actually tie these all together under one umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Do the songs yeah. go through a lot of editing uh, while you write them, or do they just sort of come out the way they are? Or what is the process there? Mm, I uh, All the songs, I mean, it's hard to say with because because it varies from song to song, but there are... Mostly the editing is in um, arrangements rather than the the song itself of lyrics or or tweaking chords or anything. Um, so the songs you wrote very quickly, like the actual just just, just you and a guitar, you and piano singing, and the lyrics. I think like, so. You're like in an afternoon, you're done. <laughs> Kinda. If mm. I have once I get going on an idea, sometimes I get stuck on on actually, you know what? Usually if I have like a hook, it's usually the chorus, and then I'll write a first verse into a chorus. I might be talking, I might be lying as I speak this. I'm not sure. <laughs> this has happened before. And then I'll and then make like sometimes then I'll have the idea for the second verse right away 
but sometimes it'll take a couple days for, for me to find the perfect um, words for it. Do you have, um, do you have like yeah. multiple songs going on at once or do you tend to focus on one, finish it as quickly as you can and then move on to the next one? Finish it. Yeah. yeah. I usually finish one first if I'm writing a new song, but yeah, what, what, um, all of these songs, majority of them, the 12 of the 13 coming out of the pandemic, um, was like, I was home locked in my room with, mm -hmm. the, with the keyboard the whole time. So I was privileged with so much time. And so it didn't ever feel like I was rushing and it didn't actually ever feel like I was forcing myself to think, Oh, I need to write a song. It was mm -hmm. just like with the times being blessed with time. Yeah. Right. And you got yeah. all that, all that spare time. It's like, yeah. why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> write some songs. Yeah. What kind of uh, editing did you do when you were doing the, the arrangements? How did you do your arrangements? Did you do them, you know, with the band? Mm. So I would write songs either um, guitar or piano, and then I would I had demos of that much. And then in the summer of 2020, I played a concert just as a duo with me and my drummer, Jamie Lee. So with that we jammed on what the drum grooves were for m a majority of them. Um, and then I was writing grants to get funding to record the album. And then once I sent those grants in, I started arranging demos of all the songs. So I would do it through Logic. I would have the demo already of the piano and vocal and then I would like put in the MIDI drums of what I remembered Jamie playing mm -hmm. um and then a, a couple of the songs for submissions she gave me a track and then I would just MIDI arrange a bass line and then a guitar part synth parts um some string parts um, and then I had all my players lined up because I, uh, played with them on the three singles, um, did in they, 2020. When you got together with the band, did, did they follow what you had done on, on those demos or did the guitarists say, Hey, I've got a better idea. Let's do um, this instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, guitarists, I, I just played guitar for all of the things. Um, but for drums, like Jamie, I just trust her on everything. <laughs> um, and then for bass lines, I kind of like there were some specific things that I really wanted to hear, but otherwise I just kind of gave a very basic structure to mm. Ginger and she would play around with that. Um, and then sometimes I would, I would um, listen to a recording from a jam, see what she played. And then I would tweak or say like maybe a bit simpler here. And then this, this section is where there's room to play. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then synth parts, some of the washy things were pretty charted to a T mm -hmm. and then some, some things I, I had Mary Anchetta just go to town. Mm -hmm. um, 
I and guess then, it is, yeah. this is different when you know the people you're like, if you're writing for a particular player, you can yeah, sort totally. of suit things to, to their style or if it's yeah. generic, but I, I guess you were clear with, with them that like, this is a sketch, this is a demo, yeah. Yeah. you know, have yeah. your thing with it. And that's cool. But at least, at least you can, at least you lock in the general idea and the groove and the feel yeah. for things. Yeah. Um, sketch is mostly for, for like bass and synth parts and drums, but pretty like I charted exactly the string parts and the horn parts to a T to did you actually give your uh the other musicians like uh written chords or do you just give them like the tapes um for violin cello and trumpets I gave like written out charts for them and then for drums just because Jamie had known those songs for a, a year and more before we even recorded um i didn't have to i didn't chart anything she would yeah. just wrote her notes yeah. um on i printed out like the main piano chord sheet for her so that mm. she knew the structure um and yeah for synths i exported a a sheet and bass what did i do for that <laughs> For bass, I think I just gave her a a, a bounce of a bass line oh, plus my plus the piano chart. Right, right, yeah, yeah, excellent. How long did the actual process of recording the whole album take? I'm, there's lots of listeners who who would like to do an album, but it seems so daunting mm. because it's so much. How long did this thing actually take? Um. Well, from the start, the start of the first song that I wrote in my bedroom in December or November 2019 to we just released it um, September 9th, 2022. Um, but 2020 was all writing songs. 2021, kind of January to April, arranging and charting rehearsing band and then we recorded over 10 days in may 2021 um oh and i skipped over like the months of grant writing because i wouldn't be able to do it without no no funding like there's just and, no when, way when you recorded you record like the live band off the floor or was it track by mm -hmm. track yeah we did um keys or guitar, drums, and bass all together. Hmm. Uh, and then I did vocals separately, yeah. and then we did strings separately. And, right yeah. Um, yeah, and then mixing happened from the summer till the fall of 2021. Mastering was done by um, January 2022. Hmm. And then a few singles out and then the full thing in, nice. in the fall. So were you intending to write, you were intending to do an album right from the beginning or like at what point did that you think, okay, I'm going to do an album versus I'm just going to record some songs. Yeah. From those, from those songs, I knew it was going to be an album. Oh, like yeah. as soon as you were done writing, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Kind of as I was writing. As you, as you were writing even. Yeah. 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 
Okay. Hmm. Because let's talk about uh, Undecided Minds a little bit. Um, sure, yeah. Where So where, where did this song come from? You say you never start with lyrics, so what, what did you start with for this song? That was the little guitar riff. The digga digga do That's where it started from. Um, yeah, and then as soon as I had that groove, then melody came. Hmm. And I think the first... Yeah, the first lyric is the first lyric I wrote. Like, it wasn't a chorus first kind of deal on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think a year before I had written down on my notes something about crooked backdrops, and I liked that. Mm. And then that kind of naturally happened as the chorus, and it fed into that. Um, the song about yeah. Instagram? It's about, it's like a little bit sassy about my Gen Z uh, peers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, In a broader you know. sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we take a listen to Undecided Minds and then we'll uh, sure. talk about it some more. Cool. Are you on the of undecided minds Circles round we go Trying to make a line One is one too much Losing sense of touch All you've ever known Comes around to show It's something that Dr. Martin high tops circle straighten to the endless standing daughters flirting with the leather lads in glasses choosing pictures over words Are you on the side of undecided minds drinking Storyline and make it real life. 
circles do will turn into the lines crooked backdrop shiny dr martin high tops circles straighten to the enlist in him daughters flirting with the leather lights and glasses choosing pictures over words Very cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> there, there are a lot of things I like about this song. Um, oh. the, 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 the first thing I love is the, the the chorus, the crooked backdrop, shiny Dr. Martin, high tops. Mm. The way that you, the, the way that the melody doesn't quite match up with the lyrical phrasing, like it mm -hmm. overlaps in a really interesting way. It's mm, very, mm -hmm. very cool. And it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, had you written lyric first, at least I, I find mm. this with myself. If I write lyric first, they tend to be very straightforward that the melody follows the lyric. And here yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's like it's like you wrote this really catchy melody and then threw the words into it and they didn't quite, you know, phrases didn't phrases didn't end where musical phrases ended. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. Is, which is, which I love really, doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which 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 is a which is a great thing. And um yeah, it's just it's just it's yeah. just fantastic. Um, Phil, what, what, what are your first impressions? Yeah, it's neat because it's not, it's not written like a, I don't want to say common pop song, but because that does sound a bit dismissive, but more of a, more of a mm. category than being dismissive. But, you know, there's like common pop songs often have very much of the same kind of melodic structure and words, you know, the way the words hit. This is very much not like that, which is kind of nice. And just the way the the words kind of work. I mean, you still have your rhymes. I mean, the rhymes are rarely super hard. You know, you have time and alibis and life and, and the storyline like there. It's kind of rhymey, but not, you know, it's a very soft rhymes, which is, which still does the job of a rhyme, but it's not, it's... Really? I found that, I found the rhyming very strong. Well, I thought it, it well, it's not obvious. I guess the word is, is it's not obvious. Yeah, maybe not. Well, I don't know if it's obvious or not, but I found it well, very... Well, it's not like really, sting. It, 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 does, it does the job of tying the lines together. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you have the sting kind of obvious lines, like every breath you take, every leaf you rake, you know, those kinds of hard, you know, these are sort of more sort of softer rhymes. In terms, they're not, they're, they're not hard, um, exact rhymes, which I really liked. And it's, it, it's interesting because it's also... All imagery, mm -hmm. as opposed to, as Story. opposed to narrative, which yeah. I've always wondered. People who do theater, because theater is for the most part about narrative, that it's interesting. Whereas, not the way, not the way Amanda was describing theater. <laughs> no, well, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, well, traditional theater. Yeah, sure, sure. Whereas, yeah. Um, you know, this is all sort of images, but it still has sort of a narrative. But it's again, it's not an obvious sort of like, oh, she went over here, and then he said that she did this, uh, mm -hmm. which I thought was really, mm -hmm. thought was really cool. I'm really intrigued by the shapes, circles, and lines, mm -hmm. and, and, and and not not only that there are circles and lines, but that you're very much favoring circles. You know, you're very much favoring lines. You want everything to be straight and not spinning around somehow i get that impression mm. like yeah, circles, think... circles around we go we're trying to make a line mm -hmm. circles straighten to the endless like mm -hmm. you're always straightening the circles <laughs> i don't know what it yeah. means <laughs> but it's it's an interesting it's a very intriguing image 
thank you. Yeah, I wanted to tie that in. Like it comes in the in the first verse, and then that's kind of like the crux of the bridge leading into the the uh, last chorus. Of... Oh. So that was a that was a decision that she made, as opposed to, hey, this word sounds cool. It was sort of like a conscious mm -hmm. decision to sort of tie those concepts together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because in the, in the bridge, we're spinning out of time. Mm -hmm. We're going in circles and we'll mm -hmm. turn into lines. Soon the, soon the circles will turn into lines. It's very deliberate, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And your titles, your titles, the top of the, uh, the top of the verses. The title's not in the yes. chorus, which is great. Yes. I love that. I, I love, love that. titling. That's like, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, someone listening, if I just heard this song on Spotify without looking at the title or mm -hmm. on the radio or something, mm -hmm. I might be tempted to call it Crooked Backdrops. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Or choosing pictures over words, if only yeah. because choosing pictures over words is it's an interesting image and not one that, you, you know, I've come across very often. It's not like, oh, you broke my heart or, you know, we're going mm -hmm. to change or something like that. It's like this. It's still a decision that um, someone is mm -hmm. making, but it's it's like it's 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 an unusual uh, decision, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. Well, th th that's actually the line that made me think the song was about Instagram. That's true. Is Instagram yeah. choosing pictures over words? Yeah, yeah. So, do, are you doing a lot of editing of the lyrics as you're writing them, or because you seem very sort of kind of very they seem very tight. They're very tight and they're very well like it. It all fits. Thank you. Yeah. Usually lyrics like are pretty intuitive for me once I'm going and I don't often go back and edit. Although this song, there was, it when I first wrote it, it was um, the Denim Daughters flirting with the leather lads and lasses. Mm. Um, and then I thought I wanted to actually like more specify one thing so i changed it to the lads in, in classes <laughs> i think i like in classes better yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but that was the one edit for lyrics and in that but yeah i think like when i'm sitting down and writing the song usually those kind of first hit thoughts of what it is stick for the most part so when you're writing, you write the song until it's done. So you're not sort of coming back to it like two weeks later and then trying to finish it off. Usually, yeah, usually I would finish it in that in that um, kind of saturated time. Mm -hmm. um, and if I, if I did take a break, it would be like the next day I would come back and try to see how it folded out. How, how do you okay when, when we started before we played the song you said that this is kind of about the gen z mm. characteristics experience yeah uh, something like that how, how did you like did you have did you write down some notes like like literally like what the 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 song is about like in a very direct way and then move to the more um image-based lyrics or do the image-based lyrics just kind of pop they kind of just popped i think like usually when i start a song or i'm i start like a, a chorus of something i think okay what is like what i spew out like pretty pedestrian 
lyrics, I think. Mm-hmm. And like in that, like the the party song say, mm-hmm. I don't want to go, but I still want to be invited. Pretty pedestrian language, like yeah. things that I'm just talking. And so sometimes when I'm talking about things, I don't actually know what I'm saying. So I'll start a song and then I think, what am I saying and what is this song actually going to be about? And once I started, are you on the side of undecided minds? It like clearly to me was this like judgment of my fellow Gen Z millennial cusps while also asking a genuine question in an attempt to um, rope myself into that too. Because I'm like judging the judging the Gen Zs, but I'm also acknowledging that I am one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all of these things of all of these judgments that I can project upon people are very well projections that people can put upon me. Um, Do you feel like all all that content is evident and and all that content is obvious to to your peers, to your audience? I don't... Or do you care if it is or not? I don't really mind if it's not. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, when I, like, when I do perform, there are certain songs that I love to talk about and, like, talk about what they are and what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the first hit of the theme would be without context, whether it's if you took it as it's about Instagram or what, you know, like that's, that's interesting to me that people can take different things out of it if I don't give a full um, yeah, context. Yeah, I mean, because like Doc Martens were huge when I was a kid. Yeah. Were huge. Yeah. yeah. Everyone wanted one. Everyone had one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That hasn't yeah. changed. <laughs> no. Well, they they become shoes. more mainstream because when when, when I was in high, when I was in high school, it was all the goth kids that were wearing the Doc Martens, yeah, and then the wannabe goth kids. Yes. <laughs> so now that you've kind of come through this journey, is there anything that you wish that you knew before you started? Mm, like in terms of writing, or in terms, in terms of writing, or the whole process, it's things like, boy, if you know, if I had, if I ever have to do this again, I'm going to do this, or I'm not going to do that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the songs that I've been writing now, I write them with, like now I write with arranging in mind, mm. as opposed to before I would write for myself and then arrangements felt like how to, how to puff them up a bit. But now if I'm writing something, I can already kind of hear what I think the drums might be or... I'm so like, I don't know if I wish I knew that before, but I like how now I kind of can make it feel a bit more seamless in that arranging doesn't feel like an afterthought. Um, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that's, one, that's one of the things I do appreciate with the song as well is that like the instrumental parts are pretty interesting. Like the guitar oh, lick cool. is pretty cool. That little, yeah. little string thing. That's, that's yeah. a neat little bit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, paid some attention and give some, give some weight to those, those things. And it's not just a beat with a, a singer on top. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, 
The backing vocals, mm. I liked it because, again, they weren't obvious backing vocals. Like, you know, so very often you'll have the main singer doing a line and then the backing people sort of repeat the last two words, you know, over and over again or something. Like, it's a very common yeah. word. Sure, yeah, yeah. Again, nothing wrong with that. But this one, you didn't do that, which I thought was really, really interesting. And it kind of, you know, it, mm -hmm. it makes the song, it's interesting. It's, it's an unexpected song, but it's not jarring, which is a very hard line to write because it's easy to mm -hmm. do stuff that's predict, not predictable, but let's say conventional. And then, and then you can try, you can also try to do something that's non-traditional but very often that's just very jarring and off-putting. This is very melodic and hummable, but also not very not obvious, which I think is which which is kind of nice because it's it's easy to do obvious stuff in pop music because that's what we listen mm -hmm. to all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved arranging the um, Bee Gees for this because it felt like I wanted them to be like. I imagined them as this chorus of gals who are like just sassy comment commenting and that like really ends up coming out in the mm -hmm. second verse and the bridge and just like these gossipers, which is like a cool concept to think about as BGs, not just being like, um, the same words, just in different notes to create a chord, but to think of them as their own instrument. And then how, like, how do they fit in with the violins and with the, um, like in that sit in similar with my, with my vocal range, similar um, spaces. Um, mm. yeah. Kind of a Greek chorus in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For those uh, for those thespians <laughs> listening to us, uh, here probably, we are. <laughs> they're probably yelling at the uh, speaker as before I've been doing that. So it, yes, it is the Greek chorus. Well, yes. you, you call yourself a thespian in your in your bio, Amanda. <laughs> yes, yes. It goes, it goes, I that, goes that. that theater thing again. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, 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 and there is a little bit of that. I think. I think. I think with those vocal arrangements, with the instrumental bits, there is. You know, if I had to guess, you had a theater background. I would have. Probably guess that you know it's, mm. it, it's, it's 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 those sort of moves and and even your main vocal melody it's very da, 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 like it's very up and down the scale and kind mm -hmm. of in mm -hmm. kind of classical in 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 that sense which I'll be honest you don't hear that anymore most melodies these days in pop music is you know a range of two or three notes yeah well that is very true right. <laughs> so, so that's kind of that's kind of refreshing <laughs> although I. I think that just might be a style. You know, there was a time when all the, you know, all the people were singing like this, you know, yeah. back in the 80s when everyone was wanting to sound like Brian Ferry yeah. or, or the guy from Japan. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just a style that will, you know, in a couple of years sort of go out of fashion. Yeah, for sure. Because you, you can hear these singers and, and they're quite capable of hitting money notes and doing expansive melodies if they want to, but they're, they're, they're definitely choosing to do very limited melodies. And it may, it may be just that it sounds kind of old fashioned to do something very melodious, mm. you know, and they want to be, they want to be cool and they want to mumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That whole mumble rap is a, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm looking at you, Billy Eilish. I'm not even talking about rap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Billy's okay. 
Billy's okay. I just can't stand the mumbly vocals. I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> so, so mumbly. Well, it's that aff affectation. It's yeah. It catches on, but after a while, mm -hmm. I remember when uh, iTunes first launched, and I thought, oh, there's all these great songs from the '80s, and I listened, and all you could do is like at first listen to the first thirty. Not, I don't know, 10 seconds or 15 seconds and so many of them was like well that's enough of that oh no <laughs> <laughs> that was all i really all i really need really care for <laughs> yeah yes yeah, it is true when, when you when you end up going over songs from your youth you realize how many of them are actually worth keeping <laughs> in your <Yeah>. life <laughs> do them are just that <laughs> so amanda what's uh what's next uh for you in this album um well <laughs> I don't know. You're performing with the band? <laughs> I have uh in the summer or no in in September when when we put it out and did I've done a few little solo gigs but I'm in in the heat of a cedar show right now so I'm I really mm -hmm. am like it's figuring out how to balance doing both and how to support the album now that it's out. Um, but I'm hoping to play a bit more come summer. Uh, but I'm uh, doing a theater residency with theater replacement, and I've been um, with them for the past two years. Um, mm. And I've written Amazing. the album into a theater piece. So I oh, wow, oh, um, wow, that's great. So I'm kind of like it's the same source material, same songs, but. It's like a, a different kind of performance and concert. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So doing that over um, February and then again in in May. Um, and then hopefully pl um, playing and maybe doing some festivals with this album throughout the summer next year. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. super cool. That's very smart. Taking what you do and... And, and and making more ways to use it, yeah. you know, as opposed to just saying, oh, okay, that album's done. Isn't that nice? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always, I mean, I've been working on this show as long as I've been making the album as well. So Okay, something you always had in mind. Yeah. 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 Right on. It's kind of cool. It's a really, it's a really interesting intersection because it's like songwriter, you know, theater, theater songwriter, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool i think i i get art artistically uh bored so i like to be able to um dip my toes in different disciplines and you know with with all this music stuff it's been nice to kind of dip my toes into film with making music videos and mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like really cool to feel like I'm still using the same source material, but placing them into different artistic disciplines to mm -hmm. say, okay, this is what it is as a digital album. This is what it is as a theater show. This is what it is in a film. Mm -hmm. This is what it is as a dance piece. Yeah, Just to, cool. you know, yeah. I, I, I saw that I saw that video of the bowling alley with the older you. Oh, yeah. It was very yeah, cool. Yeah. Very, conceptually very, very interesting, right? And oh, thanks. Kind of fun as yeah. well. So really cool. Really enjoyed Thank that. You. Well, I think mm -hmm. I, I hear the band. I think it's uh, the band arrived. 
Yeah. Okay, I think that is about all the time we have on Song Talk Radio. Yeah. Special thanks to Amanda Sum. Thank um, you. Great to have you on the show. And um, yeah. where can our listeners hear more of your music, Amanda? Um, I'm on I'm on all the streaming platforms and Bandcamp and just Amanda Sum. Um, and all those links can be found through my websites, which is amandasum.com. Excellent. And of course, we'll uh, link to all that stuff from our. Uh, show post on songtalk.ca and uh, of course we want to hear from you our listeners so please send your comments on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram to at songtalkradio or send us an email feedback at songtalk.ca also be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider and you can find links to all the products, books and web services we mentioned on the show on our resources page on the website and wherever you are in the world please join us online via Zoom at our next monthly song talk meetup it's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend the meetup bring a song and a lyric sheet and get constructive feedback from other songwriters stop by songtalk.ca for the link you can follow me at neilmodi.com you can follow phil philemory.ca and, and amanda what's your what's your go-to social media platform what's your favorite um instagram instagram yeah yeah, that's right. grammar these days. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca. Browse past shows, find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Happy holidays, everyone. This is our final show of 2022. And uh, keep on writing. Yeah, see you next year, everyone. Next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.